So Money, episode 446, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. It's Ask Farnoosh time. How are you? Did you join me on Monday when I was live on Facebook? Second time. I'm going to make a routine out of this because it seems to be getting a lot of reach. Going on Facebook Live, I was a little hesitant at first. I was like, oh, just one more thing on social media that I have to learn and figure out. And I think it's worth it. Sophia, you're here with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So what do you think of Facebook Live? It's pretty good for us, right? It's great. And I think you're getting some new fans. And I think that's great. And reaching some new people. And Also, you have your loyal fans who are tuning in and asking questions. So I think it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a great way to get to people's questions in real time. So if you don't want to wait till a Friday to get your question answered, it's it's a nice opportunity. You know, I understand you might be at work, so it's challenging. But we emailed everybody in the morning to say, hey, we're doing this live chat in the afternoon. If you can't make it, reply here and send us your question. And, um, you know, the video is still up on Facebook. So if you couldn't catch it at work or during the day, you can watch it at your own time. So thanks to everyone who joined us for that and um, supporting us because I think we're going to end up doing this pretty regularly. I'll try to do it every Monday or so. So many moment of the week. Dun, dun, dun. I think, <laughs> you know, for, for those of you who've joined the show, who joined the show last Friday may have heard that Sophie and I are putting together a really fantastic workshop for some people in the fall. And those people we've identified as people who are aspiring authors. So whether you've got a book proposal already underway, you maybe just published a book, uh, maybe have an idea for a book, but don't know where to start. We want to help you get there. And then not only that, learn how to really market the book successfully so that you can make a name for yourself as a go-to expert in your field, in your niche. And these are authors that are particularly focused on service and nonfiction, self-help area. And then leveraging the success of that book to get more opportunities like speaking and brand partnerships and writing gigs and so on and so forth. I announced this kind of on the DL last week and We've gotten some really great feedback and people have been writing in saying, hey, I'd like to learn more. If you'd like to learn more, email us, 
Farnoosh at so many podcast.com. But my so many moment in relation to that, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to plan in order for this to, to go off well in the fall. And so we've secured a great location in Manhattan, this beautiful loft space. And I'm really looking forward to, I can now at least envision this happening. It's, It's like, you know, visualization is really important. I can actually visualize this thing happening. So if I have any hesitation or doubts about putting this together, it's too late. I've put down the deposit. <laughs> it is too late. So you couldn't join me, Sophia, for the tour, but the pictures are amazing. They are. It looks like an incredible space. I'm excited. Tall ceilings, really cozy couches, a long table. So it's just going to be for 10 people. So um, if you ever wanted to come to New York, this is your chance, you know, to really experience it and also learn along the way. And we're going to meet so many people in this workshop. It's not just myself and Sophia, but also people from my world that have been very instrumental in helping me get from good to great. So agents, publicists, media experts, uh, editors, producers, brand experts, everyone that I have really attributed a lot of my success to and that can come back and maybe help aspiring authors and aspiring experts uh, on their journey. So it's going to be really fun. If you're interested, again, just email us farnushedsomoneypodcast.com. And that was my so many moment. I secured a location. It's real. It's happening now. (laughs) How about you, Sophia? My so many moment was the other day I was deciding whether or not to work out. I was having the daily battle of bringing myself to do that. And I, um, I went to a yoga class and I ran into of all people, one of my best friends from middle school that I have not been in touch with since middle school. And we ended up running into each other and noticed one another immediately and reconnected. And so I thought that was so cool. We're actually grabbing dinner um, in a couple of days. So I'm really excited to reconnect. And that's what I just love about New York City is you, yeah. you know, you have the craziest encounters and turns out we live 10 blocks apart. So it's great. You know, the little surprises and fun moments that you have in New York. I think that if you ever have a chance to work in New York, I know it's expensive to live here, but if you ever have the chance to work here and earn New York money, because you earn more here than probably anywhere else. Yeah, your expenses are higher, but it it's a, a great opportunity because you instantly set raise the bar for how much you should be earning. You know, when you leave New York, you can take that salary with you in the sense that you can now negotiate from that salary point and make more wherever you end up later in life. But like you said, it's just a city that's full of opportunities. Every single day you're walking down the street, you don't know who you're going to run into. You don't know who you're going to meet. Everyone here is so motivated and so ambitious that it's uh, just being here is an investment in yourself. In just if you're, I mean, assuming you leave your house (laughs) and you make eye contact from time to time and you put yourself out there, I think it can be just this gift that keeps on giving. I'm constantly meeting people in the city that are changing my life or my, or my career. So it's, it's hard to leave. Believe me, and I've thought about leaving because it is expensive and I could probably, my dollar could go way further in the suburbs, but I don't know, the access, the convenience, the network, it's, it's worth something. 
there's something about New York. I know somebody said to me the other day, they were like, but it's such a smelly city. (laughs) It is not new. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but you know what? I love New York. I was like, all of that aside, there's something about this city and I just love it. Yeah. I couldn't imagine my life without it. And I know one day that'll change. Yeah. I won't be here forever, but for right now, I love this city. And I think you can get, I mean, I think cities like Nashville and Austin and San Francisco and Chicago are are equally as amazing in their own right. I don't think New York is the end all. I, you know, the point is, is like I think big cities have this energy that is unmatched to living in a suburb or in a remote part of the country. And so if you're looking to really advance in your career, network, eat great food, <laughs> it's 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 worth it to be in a city for a little bit. All right, let's go to the mailbag and see what's on people's money minds. All right. So the first question that we have is from William. It's about starting a new job. He says that when you start a new job, you usually have to fill out a W-2 or a W-4 form for the employees withholding allowance. So he wants to know your overall take on allowances and if there are any pros or cons to consider. I hate, this is one thing I don't miss working for an employer is filling out a W-2 or W-4. So just as a refresher for everybody listening, and this is a great question, William, by the way, William was one of the names we were going to pick for Evan before we named him Evan. It's on our short list. (laughs) When you file the form W-4, this basically tells your employer how much uh, federal income tax to withhold from your paycheck. And the withholding allowances are different from person to person. It depends on, you know, your marital status, whether you're married, you're single, um, how many jobs you have, uh, how many dependents you have, et cetera, et cetera. So one thing I would say everyone can do is go to irs.gov. They have the calculator there because no one really knows what their withholdings should be uh, exactly. I mean, very few people get it totally right. And the only way you know you get it totally right is when April 15th rolls around and you not you don't owe any money and you're not going to be getting any money in a refund. So that means you were like spot on with your withholdings. But how many of us like that never happens, right? Usually we either <laughs> owe something or we were supposed to receive something. So the more withholding allowances you claim, the less tax is withheld from your wages. The pros to that are that you can have more money in your bank account month to month. And so if you are um, trying to, you know, make ends meet, this could be helpful. But just to, the con is that when April 15th rolls around, you may have a pretty big tax bill as a result of this. And so this could mean you have a high tax bill come April. So that's the thing. And like some people would rather pay Uncle Sam throughout the year uh, as opposed to um, owing him money in April um, just because they just, it's better for them to plan it out that way. They know that that's money that they can't spend and they'd rather just have it off the balance sheet sooner than later. Others like getting a big lump sum bonus or a, a ca- I should say tax refund in April because it helps them to address things like debt or a big expense in one fell swoop. You know, it's really psychologically helpful to have a lot of money to play with. And the average tax return is almost $3,000, which is a lot of money. It can help you wipe out a credit card bill. It could help you pay for a small renovation that you're in your home. You could go on a vacation. So it could have like these really great immediate benefits. Go to irs.gov. There's like a five-page questionnaire. It probably will take you like 
15 minutes to fill it out. But it's all stuff you know, like, are you married? Are you have kids? <laughs> you should know all these things. And then it'll give you an approximate withholding uh, allowance at the end. So do that. And hopefully you'll be more or less on target. The next question comes from Sarah. She asks, should I pay off my student loans at an interest rate of 6.7% or use that money to invest in buying a property? Her husband wants to invest, but she wants to in a property, but she wants to pay the loan. Mm. These are two very different goals. Pay off a student loan, invest in a property. I feel like in life, there are steps. And buying a property is a big, big step. And before that, there are other little steps. Like before I bought a house, I wanted to make sure that I was debt free, that I had cash in the bank, that I had secure income, that I had a good credit score. I wanted to make sure I had all my ducks in a row because I didn't want someone telling me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, which was at the time to buy a property. So I did all my homework and I got my ducks in a row and I got myself straightened up and I was able to buy that home, not just technically because I had all the elements that I needed, but because psychologically I was ready to do it. I knew that I didn't have any other financial obligations. So Sarah, you have to ask yourself, you know, would you be okay with, and you should ask your husband this too, do you really think we'd be okay investing in a home, buying a property while we still have debt? And P.S., when you have debt, that can hurt you in terms of your underwriting for a mortgage. You know, banks want to see that you have a good personal balance sheet. They want to see that you have a lot of cash on hand. They want to see that your debt to income ratio is low. But if they see that you have a lot of debt, that could hurt your chances of not only getting the mortgage, but getting a big enough mortgage. Just think about these things. Like there is a domino effect here. You know, having student loans in and of itself could prevent you from being a top quality loan applicant for a mortgage. So you might want to just do it step by step. And I know maybe right now there's so much, so much frenzy because interest rates are low. People want to get in to become a homeowner as soon as possible, take advantage of these low rates. But you also have to be acutely aware of your personal financial responsibilities and priorities. You know, Don't be pressured into buying a home sooner than later just because everyone else is doing it. Well, can you really afford it? Should you really be doing it? For your husband and you, to, you should really have a conversation about where you want to be in the next three to five years. And maybe it's still that you want to have that home. And so maybe the focus for the next year should be aggressively paying down these student loans, finding some things you can cut out of your budget, shore up some cash, shore up some income to put it down on that student loan. It's really important to be measured in your approach to buying a home. And it's the biggest expense that you're going to ever have, probably. So you just want to make sure that, you know what, your table's cleared, that you don't have any other debt, you can do this with a clear conscience. And I think you'll be happy that you waited. What do you think, Sophia? If it were me, I can't stand. I mean, I don't even like when my credit card bill re- reaches a certain maximum. Like I just, I have to pay it off. So for me, I would have to pay off the loans first. Totally. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next question. All right. So the next question comes from Megan. She says, we're saving for a wedding that we're planning to have next June. And she wants to know if a money market account is the best way to go. 
I don't know, Megan. I think I would just rather have that money in a regular old plain vanilla bank account. I would just put it in maybe a high interest bearing online checking account. And you can go to bankrate.com and find rates on different online banks right now to find maybe where is the best rate and do that. And another thing you can do is there's a website called smartypig.com. And smartypig is an online checking account. You open it up, you start saving for goals. It's very goal-oriented. And then you can actually invite friends and family to contribute to this account, which is nice because who doesn't like friendly contributions? And then at the end, once you hit your goal, you can either get that money through, you know, transferred to you, you can get it onto a debit card. But the website Smarty Pig has relationships with vendors. So whether you're looking to use that money on, say, a honeymoon or things for your home, they may have relationships with retailers. They'll get you discounts on things um, using the savings that you've accumulated on their website. So check out smartypig.com, check out bankrate.com. And I would just do a, you know, a regular checking account or a savings account. If not, if not Smarty Pig. Have you heard of Smarty Pig before? I have not. That's a great resource. Yeah, I've been a big fan for years. They don't really get a lot of spotlight, but I think what they're doing is awesome. They also try to stay pretty competitive with the interest rates that they offer. But what's really cool is that it's so goal oriented. And so many of us are, you know, we save for goals, we save for specific reasons. And this site helps you do that and track it really visually, invite friends and, and share the link on social media or wherever to get people to contribute to your goals. It's pretty cool. So our next question is from Janet. She wants to know your thoughts about choosing a medical insurance plan as someone who's self-employed. She's deciding between a higher deductible plan um, an HSA with a $3,000 deductible versus a lower deductible plan that will cost at least $300 a month or more for the monthly mm. premium. I'm a better, I'm a fan of the lower deductible plans because I'm risk averse. Okay. And I know that when you're young and healthy, maybe you go with the higher deductible plan because you're not going to be maybe going to the emergency room or you're not going to be having a lot of, um, doctor appointments, specialist appointments. So paying less every month, you don't get as robust of a plan, but maybe you're not planning on using it as much. It's just there as a safety net. It is insurance. It's it's there for you in case you need it. You may not need it, but would you rather be a little overinsured or underinsured? That's the question. And I'm someone who would rather be a little overinsured. So I would go with the lower deductible plan. That's a little bit more money, but you have a bigger, you have more support there in case something happens. Our next question is from Julie. She says she loves listening to the show when she cooks. Perfect. And she especially loved the episode with your parents. Yay, they'll love to hear that. <laughs> um, but she's one year out of college and she's looking to start a savings account. And she says, I currently work full time in finance in New York. Do you have any particular advice on choosing a bank to open an account with? She's currently using Chase for her checking account. Um, I'm kind of bank agnostic. I don't really have like a favorite bank for checking and things like that. I like to just go if you're totally new to it and you um, want to take advantage of, you know, savings rates, go to bankrate.com or nerdwallet.com and you can search for uh, different bank accounts based on their interest rates. And I think everyone, regardless of how you bank or where you bank, should have an online checking account that's high interest bearing. That's not super accessible, you know, because uh, sometimes these banks, these online banks, they're not tied to an ATM. 
Or if they are, it's like an extra step. You got to like order the debit card. I would just say don't order the debit card. Just have it there. You want to have, you know, almost like as little access to it as possible just because you want to save. You want to be able to use that as your savings account. You don't want to be able to at any drop of the hat go in and get the money quickly. You want there to be a little bit of a barrier. So I like having an online checking account for that reason. Psychologically, it's great. And you can, again, look for all of this online at sites like Bankrate and NerdWallet. But I'm not like in the business of recommending checking accounts, specific checking accounts. But of course, I'm I'm an education partner with Chase. So I do like Chase. But I think you should pick something that makes sense for you. And I think for anyone looking to just sign up for a bank, it's really about convenience, right? As well as the interest rates, but really also about convenience. Does this bank offer access to you on the go when you need it? Do you, are you someone who's depositing checks, who likes to deposit checks through your phone, who likes to go to the ATM frequently? Do you like, do you want to have a teller presence? So do they have branches near you? So that's really important to dig up as well as you're doing your research is just to figure out how convenient is this bank for what, for the kind of customer that you are. Our last question today, who's and the question's from Ruby. She says a friend of hers is having a baby shower, and she wants to help her open up a 529 so that people can contribute to that as a baby shower gift. So she wants to know how she should go about doing this. What a thoughtful friend you are, Ruby. That's great. I wish more people would have thought of that when I was having a baby. Um, it's great. I think that There are a few ways you can tackle this. And if she hasn't opened up a 529 plan yet, the first thing she should do is go to a site called savingforcollege.com. And there she can find the best 529 plan for her and her family. And just so you know, she doesn't have to pick one that's just tied to her state. She can pick any 529 plan and, and contribute to it virtually. That's the first thing. The next thing is that when she picks a great 529 plan, you want to find out through that plan's administrator, is it possible to have friends and family contribute? And if they can, then ask them how. In some places, like Fidelity, will let you set up a gifts page. And then you have a link and people can link to your gifts page and contribute electronically to your account, which is perfect. I think that would be the easiest thing. You can also, if you want, if, the, if for some reason there isn't a gifts page available and it's not super straightforward, you can get the account number of your friend's 529 plan that she's opened up and then um, write it on the memo line of the ch- of your check that you're writing and then um, drop the check in the mailbox, have it be sent to the 529 plan administrator. Um, or you can give it to her and she can send it in. And then there's also a website that I found because I did a little research on this. I, I did go through the mailbag a little sooner than usual, Sophia. So um, I was able to figure out uh, this question and get some resources for you. But giftofcollege.com, giftofcollege.com is a website that's been around for a few years and it's marketing itself as an easy, fun, social way to contribute to a 529 plan. It's a social savings platform. It takes the task of contributing to a college education fun and easy, creates a community, a place where you can share your child's hopes and dreams about their college choices and career plans. So I think that might be a good place to also check out. But most important is that she finds a 529 that's best for her, that she's reviewed, that she feels good about. And then from there, see what your options are about sharing that account with friends and family so that they can contribute. If it's an easy link, perfect. Otherwise, you got to write a check, have the account number on the check. Or maybe giftofcollege.com can be of service. Good luck. And I love that you're thinking of this. What a great friend. 
All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks so much, Sophia, for your uh, help sifting through all these questions. And as I said, yeah, as I said, you know, we're uh, we're going to try to be on Facebook live once a week and we'll let you know. We'll give you a heads up before that. You should sign up for my email list, somoneypodcast.com. And if you're not already registered on our email list, please sign up because that's the best way to get a heads up when we're going to do, you know, these Facebook lives or anything related to the podcast. And finally, if you're interested in the workshop that we're throwing together in the fall, send us an email, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Okay. Say fini. We're done. Thank you so much for joining and hope y'all have a so money weekend. Mm-hmm.